dropping the hammer. No, you're not. And we are back with another episode of Dropping the Hammer. This time a post-Atona pre-playoff edition of the show. I am Dan McFadden, and with me, as always, is my friend and co-host, James Crow. Say hello, Crow. Hello, everybody. And also, Devin, I'm recording this for you because we didn't record last week when Ryan Blaney won, and I felt <laughs> bad <laughs> because you're one of like our three people that listen. Oh God! Um, but he made it. Up. He he's like, you know what? You know, Daniel Crow. You know, y'all took a week off, and that's disappointing for you, Devin. So I'm gonna win it again. And he did that in dramatic fashion yet again. Uh, if there, anyone is allergic to winning a cup race uh, in non-dramatic fashion, it's Ryan Blaney. <laughs> <laughs> like he cannot win a race without some sort of late race drama. Um, at all three races he's won this year, and pretty much almost every race he's won up to this point in the Cup Series has involved drama. Like, But Atlanta this year, he had he raced down Carl Larson and passed him with like seven to go. And then he had, you know, last week at Michigan with, the over, with just a, that, I think it was, how many laps was that at the end of Michigan? I think it was like seven or eight or something like that um and then you have this overtime finish at daytona uh where blaney came home with like the only car that didn't have any damage on it so um <laughs> but yeah brian blaney's the best season of his career continues three wins first time he's had multiple wins in a season so far and um he's the best driver at team pinsky right now so which i'm i'm sure team pinsky is very happy about uh, given that Mr. Brad Kozlowski is leaving at the end of the season. But yeah, I was there at Daytona covering a race there for the first time in my career. Um, first time I'd been there since 2017. I was there as a for as a fan. So it was it was an, it was a weird kind of frustrating experience. I, I it's not often that I feel like a rookie on the NASCAR beat, but when you you're attending a track uh for the first time and you're just trying to figure out where everything is and how to get everywhere how to get from how just how to, where to park where to finding out where to park for the first time at a new track is just the worst so <laughs> um and it was just an odyssey getting my all my credentials and stuff because i had no no idea where it was the the details in the um email saying this is where the credential office is weren't specific enough um it was basically in a mall and so i had to go to a mall across the street from the track <laughs> to get my credentials um but yeah first race at daytona um i hope my it was it was a very exciting race um which was preceded by an xfinity race that was had an incredible finish that i got i actually watched that from the press box you know, because, but that was after, you know, it got rained out Friday night and had to come back the next day to finish it. Have you seen the finish of the Xfinity race, Crow? I have not. Okay, you need to look that up. Uh, they, 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 they crossed the finish line three wide, five deep, and nobody wrecked. So it was amazing. Colleague racing, uh, even though they, 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 finished, they didn't finish one, two, three, they finished one, 
two, four, but they basically crossed the finish line three wide. Um, so big, big win for Collie Racing. But then that led to uh, the regular season finale in the Cup Series. So what did you think of the Coke Zero 400, Mr. James Crow? I mean, it was I mean, pretty much a fantastic race from start to finish. Um, the I mean, even and they were they were racing hard even from like the first few laps. Yeah. You know, like yeah. even because you know they I remember the announcers all through the race they kept saying, "Oh, they're going to line up and just keep going," but that never like it happened, but not to what you normally expect from a you know plate race. Like it, it was just constant battling for position. Um. Yeah, I mean, it just start to finish, I think it was a great race. Yeah, there there, there was that period, I believe, in the second stage where they, they the, the choo-choo train formed. And it was just the, the single line up against the wall. And we're like, oh, okay, this, we're going to get this for a little bit. <laughs> but outside of that brief period, yeah, it was a fair, fairly exciting race. Um after the last two years of having the regular season finale at Daytona, it's makes you wonder like, why did it take so long for them to make the season finale at Daytona rather than like Richmond or uh, Indianapolis in uh, 2019. Um, so, uh, but yeah, here it, it, it was really, really interesting, fun to watch tense. I, 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 I'm so nervous when it comes to, restrictor plate races like you know especially towards the end your hands get kind of sweaty just like because you just have no idea what's going to happen what, what are you going to be writing about because you don't know what you're writing about until they cross the finish line and take a checker flag um and with that overtime finish we didn't know who was going to be in, in and out of the playoffs um basically until that final restart that last lap they wreck on the back stretch and tyler reddick uh, didn't wreck enough to get eliminated. <laughs> uh, and he was able to finish the... Well, technically he finished sixth, but then um, Chris Busher had his uh, finish disqualified because of an a inspection violation. So finished fifth. Um, or maybe it was the other way around. Maybe he, he was seventh to finish sixth, whichever. Anyway, Tyler Reddick was the final driver into the, into the playoffs. He entered the playoffs in that same position and he came very close to to just losing it and all that carnage with uh you know he ran into the back of martin tricks jr he's on pit road trying to fix it because he's billowing smoke and then he pulls out of the pits afterwards and he's the car's still billowing smoke but it, it's they figured out that it was just because of oil that was being burned off rather than anything else um and he was able to make it to the end. Um, and I, I wrote my, my story about Reddick and what he, he experienced. Um, so, yeah. Uh, where, did you, where did you get to watch the race from? Like, where uh, were the, you? The cup race, I was in the media center. Okay. Uh, I, I was parked uh, on the, the far end, uh, sitting down on, to my left on the wall was a TV that had the NBC broadcast. And right in front of me was a smaller TV that basically played the video that was playing on like the video boards outside. So it was ahead of the broadcast. Um, so, so, you know, it's really, 
covering a race at the track can be kind of discombobulating because because of all like the different sources you're you have coming at you so you have to figure out what's happening when um to a degree and so ha having the nbc stuff being played and then having the raw tv feed playing at the same time could be very confusing uh, at times just trying to figure out okay which one which one's live um so but then you have like scanner audio also as an audio <laughs> input yeah. so then you're tricking track of what's going on social media so it's it, it, it's a it's a thing so but ryan blaney he finally he finally wins a race at, at a restrictor or at a super speedway um he's always shown or not finally wins one at daytona i should say he, he you know he's won twice at talladega photo finishes back-to-back -back years um but then he finally gets one at daytona he's shown himself to be really good at daytona he, he led a bunch of laps in the daytona 500 a few years back but you know we didn't get caught up in a wreck um then the next thing for blaney to check off is to finally get a win at bristol because that's like his track to a degree he, he leads laps there all the time but he ke he keeps getting caught up and stuff so I, I have to imagine that on brian blaney's to-do list is to finally get a bristol win um so what what like outside of the exciting race in general what stood out to you about daytona crow um well one of one of the nice things about uh you know daytona is it, it seems like you just get to see a whole lot of ross chastain up there <laughs> well we did and it, we didn't think that, that was going to happen at first because he, he got into the wall early and he's down on pit road getting new tires it's like oh well he's out of it and then there's the competition caution and he that we come back from the competition caution and within laps he's eighth <laughs> yeah yeah that, so so i actually have have notes for that because i was I, I was impressed by it so at lap 17 he taps the wall in front of hamlin yeah and like he, he he's blocking hamlin and like how he's managed not to just completely wreck is i i have no clue well, um hamlin, like, like he, he was watching hamlin in his mirror so that that was part yeah. of the reason like he he, he so that he, yeah that, that didn't work so yeah yeah, and I actually have in my notes, Hamlin is driving aggressive for the first time all season. Um, <laughs> That's not fair. Um, and then, was it lap? Oh, oh, lap 48, um, Chastain made it up to sixth, and at that same lap, Bellini was um, seventh. Okay. So, but uh, yeah, the, Ross Chastain had a very impressive race. Um, I'm not until you know the end uh that that final wreck um where did he finish hold on yeah but i would say like it just i mean I, I have no clue how he managed to do that like instead like he he pits stays on stays on the lead lap and just keeps going so that like mean, that was impressive um and I, I joke about hamlin but i do feel like this is the hardest i've seen i feel like i've seen him race all season for an entire race Okay. Well, I well he felt like no in the pre-race we, we had we had the bullpen with all the the where we got to talk to the like the top twenty in points and and whatnot, and he he said he felt like this was a free race for them. It was he said it was the first race all year where they don't have uh anything to lose. 
like everything to gain, nothing to lose because they're they're locked in. Um, so it, you just just go out there, and you know, yeah, to win. He, yeah, but he didn't get it. He didn't get it. He uh, he finished thirteenth. Um, and uh, right, yeah, Ross Chastain he finished eighteenth after he got involved in that that very last crash of the race. Um, but yeah, he I during the race um me and my cohorts at frontstretch.com in the slack uh we're we're throwing back and forth uh potential headlines in case uh ross got the win which it would have been his first cup win he's a florida native so the, the the headlines mostly were florida man breaks playoffs breaks watermelon because when when he when he wins he smashes a watermelon because he's a watermelon yeah. farmer. So, so you yeah, have been what Florida man break wins in Florida, breaks playoffs, breaks, uh, smashes, um, pumpkin, not pumpkin. And <laughs> it would be so great if he was in the playoffs. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like, I, I don't know how many points you get for winning, but like, I just imagine like in, in my head, I'm just pretending like, you know, he, he just barely gets in. So he's like, got like one point. like like he's just like he's like technically i made this it made it in here oh no if if he had won he would have gotten five uh playoff points um so yeah he he still would have been above kevin harvick and yeah so let's go to let's, let's take a look at the playoff grid um for going into this weekend's race in the southern 500 at darlington uh, Kyle Larson won the champion, won the regular season championship, which earned him 15 uh, playoff points. So he enters with the the playoffs with 2,052 uh, playoff points. Uh, Ryan Blaney is second with 2,024 points. Um, you know, so 24 playoff points for him, and he's tied with Martin Truex Jr. for uh, with the same amount. Kyle, Kyle Busch is fourth. Uh, Chase Elliott is fifth. Alex Bowman is sixth. Denny Hamlin seventh with 2,015 uh, points. Uh, again, no wins for Denny Hamlin. So. <laughs> um, William Byron is eighth. Uh, Joey, Joey Logano ninth. Brad Kozlowski tenth. Kurt Busch with his one win uh, has 2,008 points, which ties him with Kozlowski. Christopher Bell is twelfth. Uh, Michael McDowell, who we'll get to here in a moment. Uh, we'll start the playoffs in 13th with 2,005 points, with his five points coming from his Daytona 500 win. Eric Almarola, the other big, huge underdog win of the year, is 14th. Tyler Reddick, the last guy in, uh, has 2,003 points, with those three points coming from three stage wins. And then last, but not least, is Kevin Harvick. The guy who won nine races last year, <laughs> who has none through 26 races in 2021, uh, is 16th with 2,002 points. So, all right, before before we uh, go any further, it, what time is it, Crow? It is... Yes. If I had had more time, I would have gone in and done an edited version of that. 
where it just makes the sound of, or like halfway in the engine explodes or, or there's an engine explosion noise <laughs> and then that's it oh, okay all right glad you didn't um but yeah mcdowell watch uh it, the the time is now folks uh after michael mcdowell uh won the daytona 500 the start the year uh we are net is playoff time and it's 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 time to put up a shut up and but he didn't get to do that in daytona um yeah michael mcdowell won the daytona 500 but on the return trip to uh daytona uh it did not go as well uh he was the well okay technically he was the first driver out but he didn't finish last that courtesy went to chris busher because of his uh post-race uh inspection violation but yes michael mcdowell went out with an engine problem on lap 23 uh which was right after it was as he was coming out of the competition caution yes so yeah so he only made it 23 laps he finishes 39th Thank you, Chris Bush. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, the, the, the funny thing is, and I, I still don't know whatever happened to him, but um, my like email pen pal, Quinn Hoof, well, actually, it's his, his press person that sends me emails. You still um, getting <laughs> Yes. Um, but Quinn Hoof, um, he, uh, he was in last for like most of the race, at least when I was paying attention, like, but not out. He was just down a bunch of laps. Well, he, yeah, he, he only finished 136 laps, um, but they he, never talked about him on the broadcast, though. I mean, yeah, um, you only talk about Quinn Hoff when something bad happens. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he like he finished behind one, two, three, four, five, six people who crashed. Um, but he finished uh, 38th, uh, only 136 of. 165 laps um but yeah and in, in scuttlebutt news or whatever this week um uh chris knight at catchins.com uh reported that the charter of starcom racing who owns quinhoff's zero zero car uh he, he's he reported that the starcom's starcom's charter had been purchased by spire motorsports the team which owns Corla Joy's car, and uh, they had are, they had pre- previously sold two of their charters, two of the three they owned, to Colleague Racing. So if this report pans out from Catchments.com, they will have sold two, turned around, and just bought another one. Um, and the, the reported cost of the two they sold previously was ten million each. So uh, Starcom Racing and Quinhoff might not be around next year so <laughs> there, I, I give it an absolute zero percent chance that they don't sell that charter because people are throwing stupid money around for charter charters yeah. and there is no way that they're not gonna that whoever owns that isn't selling it like they may wait till the end and sell it for like you know 20 bucks because they they waited too long but they're gonna sell it and, well, and and I'm yeah. gonna stop. Finally, stop getting spammed <laughs> from the one team. The, from the one, one team. team that cares that I exist, which actually kind of makes me sad now that I say it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if if you're Starcom Racing, if you get 
if you get $10 million or even more than that in a lump sum like that, that's more money than you would have ever have made in X amount of years <laughs> doing this. Like it's yeah. So, um, but nothing official about that as of this recording that I've seen. So, but anyway, back to Michael. McDowell. Um, <laughs> he's in the playoffs for the first time. This is the best year of his career. Bar none. Uh, that he he that he locked that in place back in February when he won the Daytona 500. Um, he will start Sunday's race in Darlington. Um, shoot, we're in fifteenth uh, because in yeah in the in the playoffs they um, right making sure well, they're going based on at least partially on the playoff stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I'm just making sure. Yes, the, the first 16 drivers are on the starting row are um, the playoff drivers. So the, they're, still, they're still using the, the formula to a degree, but they're doing it to where uh, the playoff drivers start ahead of everyone. So I, I, I think they should, they should have done, like, dirt track type shenanigans and just made them start from the back. <laughs> Make them work for that championship. I I, I would I would that'd, that'd be fine for I'd like to see it see how that'd work out. Uh, but yeah, Michael McDowell will start 15th. Next to last among the playoff drivers, Brad Kozlowski uh will start 16th. Um but yeah, Michael McDowell, best season of his career. Uh playoff media day was yesterday, uh Wednesday. We're recording this uh on Thursday. It is Thursday. Yes, Thursday. Um, no, wait, no, playoff me. No, that was Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. All right, yes. So um, there's playoff media today, and so Michael McDowell got his uh, 10, 15 minutes uh, to be grilled by the media. And so we're going to bring that to you here right now. And um, like My Michael McDowell, uh, he says that Sunday's race again at, at Darlington is the biggest race of his career. And that will also be the case the next weekend at Richmond and, you know, the weekend after that at, at Bristol. These three races are going to be, uh, yeah, the most important races of um, his career, probably in all of racing, not just NASCAR. So, uh, but here is audio from Michael McDowell's uh, playoff media day availability from this week. Michael, thanks for joining us. I asked this question to Christopher Bell. So you locked in earliest of all to the postseason with your Daytona 500 win. So you've had a lot of time to seek out advice on how to handle the cup playoffs for the first time. Who have you sought out for that advice? And what's the most impactful piece of advice that's stuck in your head? Yeah, so um, kind of two parts to it. You know, even though we locked in, so to speak, early, you know, there's always that chance that there's more than 16 winners. So I didn't really feel locked in. I never really allowed myself to, to get super excited about that until, you know, two or three weeks ago when it was finally official that we'd be locked in. Um, but yeah, you know, as far as advice and things like that, it, it, it's a little bit challenging because, you know, the drivers that are current right now um, aren't going to give you much advice. Um, but I, I spent a little bit of time with Clint Boyer last week at a Ford event, a Ford promotion that we were doing and talked about, you know, the playoffs and talked about, you know, Richmond coming up and just kind of how he approached things. So, 
um, you know, everybody's got a different style and, and sort of a different philosophy. You know, I feel like for our team and where we're at, we, we sort of know what we have to do and how we have to do it. Um, and so we, we kind of have our own approach to it. All right, we're going to take from Deb Williams. Go ahead, Deb. Thank you, Marissa. And uh, Michael, thank you for taking time to join us today. Kind of to expand a little bit on what Chris was talking about, because of you winning so early in the season, and now the playoffs are finally here, do you find that you're having to control your emotions or your jitters there? What are your emotions going into the playoffs for the first time? Yeah, so it's been, you know, like today's been fun, you know, just talking about being in the playoffs and, um, you know, what it means, you know, it kind of makes you appreciate and, and just enjoy, you know, the process, um, you know, but more than anything for me is I've just been pretty laser focused on, on what I need to do and what we need to do. Um, I haven't really allowed myself to get too far ahead of um, where we're at, you know, right, right now we have Darlington and Darlington's the most important race in my life. Um, and after Darlington, it'll be Richmond. And so I haven't thought about, you know, a lot of those extra things, um, just trying to make sure that we're as prepared as we can for what's in front of us. Um, but at the same time, like I said, I, you know, I'm extremely thankful to have the opportunity to race for a championship and to be a part of, you know, one of 16 drivers to do that, that NASCAR. Um, but I'm also, you know, trying not to let myself overthink things too much. Okay, thank you. Good luck in the playoffs. Thank you. All right, we'll take You know, I bet him blowing the engine at Daytona actually helped with the nerves because you know that there's a lot of pressure there. There's a lot of, you know, like, like are you going to win, you know, win Daytona again, blah, 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 you know, whatever. But, you know, blows that engine and then that's just the end of the day. And now he just gets to roll on into playoffs like it's just another Sunday. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm sure there, there's pressure to follow up on the Daytona 500 win, but in the grand scheme of things, yeah, the the, the race after that is more important. Um, yeah. let, let, let's get on to that. Uh, that. That's the race that, you know, they've been building up to for 25 weeks. So, uh, yeah, I think you're right about that. All right. Yeah. All right, we're going to take our next one from Marty Sakala. Go ahead, Marty. Thanks, Marissa. Hey, Michael, thanks for the time. Uh, in March Madness terms, you were pretty much the Cinderella story of the playoff, but I want to ask, your average finishes since 2018 at each track has been outside the tw top 20 in the round of 16. Is there anything to gain or lose? Do you need luck on your side to get to these next rounds possibly? Yeah, so, um, you know, kind of two things with that is, you know, this is the best season that I've ever had and the best um, that we've performed as a race team. And and so statistically, you know, it might not look that great, but, you know, I think if you look back to this year of just our top finishes, you know, for me over my career have been this year at a lot of racetracks, you know, so um, I feel like we have the speed and the momentum to uh, surprise some people in the playoffs, but we're also realistic of where we're at. I mean, I have to have uh, three incredible races um, in order to advance in, in the next round. And, and I know that we know that we're not naive to it. Um, we know where we're at as a race team and what we need to do. Um, and so we got to hit home runs here the next three races. And uh, if we don't, we won't advance. And so we all know that and we're ready to, to see what happens. Appreciate the time, man. Good luck. Yeah, thank you. 
All right, and we'll take one final question from Tino Patigno. Go ahead, Tino. Thank you. Hey, Michael, um, I'm just wondering how much of a reset is this playoffs for you and your team after having an average finish of 25.3 in the last nine races? Yeah, the, the last handful of races have been not fun. I mean, it, it hasn't been from a lack of performance. You know, we've we've actually had speed. Um, you, you know, you go to the Indy road course, you know, running in the top seven there, hit the curb and finish in the 30s. You know, you look at uh, Michigan where we ran in the top 12 and 13 all day and get tore up in that last restart and finish 20th. And so, um, you know, it hasn't been fun the last four or five weeks, you know, Daytona DNF, right. Uh, with a, with an engine failure. So the reset is, is nice. It's nice to reset the points. It's nice to be able to start, you know, 15th this weekend at Darlington, um, and just kind of hit that reset. Um, you, you know, you can't always control the ebbs and flows of, of, uh, racing. You know, you look at those first five races and we were crushing it, you know, not just with the wind, but top 10, top 10, top 10. Um, and then you, you hit this funk that we got into now where, you know, DNF crash, just things not always in your control. Um, so it is nice to hit that reset button and, uh, have a fresh outlook going to Darlington. And that's, that's how motorsports is. The momentum can swing at any point. We have to have the momentum swing our way here the next three weeks. Um, and we know that, and we, you know, we wish we were heading into the playoffs with a lot of momentum and not a DNF and, uh, all the things that we have, but the reality is that's where we're at. And, um, and we get to start fresh this weekend. All right. So that's the, that is, I guess, the last of his uh, questions he answered. Yeah. Um, I, I included the, the, the four relevant uh, yeah. questions uh, from the availability, which uh, excluded, included a question about what, Michael, what, what are your, what, what are your favorite restaurants in the, the Phoenix area? Um, Somebody so, was hungry. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know who asked it or what, but it was like, that's, this is, that's okay. We're going to use that to ask that question. Okay. But okay. anyway, yeah. I'm going to take the fact that I am editing this to put in a little sidebar story here that has nothing to do with NASCAR. Um, so I once went to a presentation by the guy who is head of marketing for Geico. And so he actually worked for an agency, not actually Geico, but they had the account um, real fame, like real famous in the marketing world and everything. I used to work in marketing. Um, and he did this like hour long presentation about like the philosophy of how they come up with these ideas. This is back in like the, that like the height of like the cavemen and all this kind of stuff. Right. And the most recent thing was, um, they had this, the character called cash, which was literally a pile of money with googly eyes on it. Right. Okay. And it was, it, and it basically flopped. Right. I don't remember, I don't remember it. So. Yeah, because it, it like it was, it was only around for a couple months, right? It was just it was an idea they threw out there to see if it stuck, and it didn't. And so, so he does this full presentation stuff. I mean, it was great, one of the best presentations I've ever seen. And then he goes to ask, take questions. And the first question was, "Is is the Caveman Show going to get another season?" Um. <laughs> And this man died on stage. Just you just saw his soul leave his body as he realized that this is his audience. And then he's like, you saw, and he's like, you know, he kind of rambled something off about him not having anything to do with that after they passed it along to ABC, I think is what it was. And then 
that guy, you know what that guy is, that guy stood up and goes, what happened to cash? I liked cash. You should bring back cash. Like his career, he he's done so much. He is one of those influential marketing people of all time. And everyone just wants to know about the caveman and the weird characters. But yeah, no, Michael back to back on track. Michael McDowell, <laughs> he he is not yeah. Uh he has had a rough stretch to end the regular season. Uh he has not finished in the top 20 in the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven races. Uh he, he last finished in the top 20 at Pocono. He finished 19th in race one and 17th in race two. And that was after a 16th place finish at Nashville. So it's yeah, it is he has two two DNFs and two of the last three races, including a crap the real the, the violent crash on the curbs at Indianapolis and then his engine failure early on here at Day- at Daytona. And going to uh Darlington, where he he did not fare well uh early this year. He finished 27th uh five laps down um in the spring after starting 13th uh but in he he did he did okay there you know last year uh in two of the three races he finished 17th and 16th so i'm sure i'm sure i know front row motorsports does not have the resources of the other teams um be i i i'm i'm hoping you know they have something up their sleeve uh for this first round, just given the significance of it, um, it would it would suck to see the the Daytona five hundred Daytona five hundred winner get get eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. But I, mean, I would say I will say I think that he is he's in a position right now where he's had the entire season full of pressure. Yeah. So he's been able and to he, and, acclimate I mean, to that. And like. This is his best, even if you take out the win. Oh, you have to. Well, it's the best season of his career. He has five top 10 finishes. Yeah. Out, that That's with the Daytona 500. So it's, yeah. he's had a good year for Michael McDowell. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, this is just going off audio that like you recorded, but I don't know. I just get the impression from him that he is approaching this playoffs just real chill. Just, just, <laughs> he's just show up. He's gonna he's gonna push the pedal down, avoid other cars, get there, get to the front, and that's it. Like that, that's where that's his. Like, what's what's the the more chill version of shake and bake? More I don't know. Chill version of shake and bake. Yeah, just like butter. He's he's gonna he's he's gonna show up and just 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 be like butter, just slide around the track. <laughs> in a good way i don't know none of this makes sense but he's just real chill i'm hopeful that our our our, the man we've been watching all season will be able to pull something off but i mean again just kudos to the team for what they have been able to accomplish this year just outside the win giving the 34 card just its best uh year yet at least with mcdowell in the car so um what was his favorite restaurant in Phoenix? I think it was this uh, Mexican restaurant, I think. 
but it's Good closed choice. now. It's closed. Oh, he said that it's closed now. So. Man, that's another thing I have in common with them. Wait, we just pine for these Mexican restaurants we can't get to anymore. <laughs> Casamaya, Jonesboro, Arkansas. I, I miss you so much. It, it, wait, is it closed or are you just talking about the distance? The distance. <laughs> Road trip to Jonesboro. All right. So let, let's first, I guess, let's do some race predictions. Uh, Crow, who, who are you picking to win the Southern 500 at Darlington Raceway? Mm. This, this, this is the race that was, uh, or not this race, but Mar- remember Martin Tricks Jr. won there in the spring with uh, Kyle Larson hot on his heels. So, yeah, that I don't think it'll be Larson. I don't think it'll be Martin Drex Jr. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll be Michael McDowell. Don't I, I, possibility of Ross Chastain, but oh, if the, if they have better pit strategy because their yeah. pit strategy in the spring was not, they had a great car, they just screwed it up with pit strategy. Just for the the irony that it's the first race that's uh, first playoff race of Wallace. All right. He will get 2311's first win at a playoff race when he's not part of the playoffs. That, that, that yeah, I, I'm, that, that is a interesting, you know, question. If how many people in the play, how many races in the playoffs will be won by drivers who aren't playoff drivers? Um, and I think you can see that happen at Talladega, the Roval. Um, but outside of that, that's kind of how far away. How far away is the um Talladega from where now? Oh, um, it's second round, it, okay. And the it and the Roval are in the same round, so yeah, I feel like I, I feel like man, I feel like he's within the next two or three plate races, but Wallace is going to win one. He's fi- he's figured out how to stay at the front, and that that, yeah. that 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 was always key. Like the last two three years up to this point, he could get he he he, he had cars that he could get to the front. It was just him being able to stay there for an extended period of time, and I think he's finally figured that out this year. Um, but yeah, definitely definitely should watch out for Metallica if, if he can avoid the wrecks. Um, but my my pick for Sunday, um, I'm going with Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin's very very good at Darlington. He he's in the Xfinity Series race along with uh, Tyler Reddick. So they, they'll get to experience uh, the repaved turn two. Um, so they'll, they'll have that in their back pocket, pocket going to Sunday. You can read my story um, about the repaved turn two and driver reaction to it at uh, frenchstretch.com before Sunday's race. And um, you can watch a video where they actually talk about it on yeah. youtube.com slash Daniel McFadden. Yes, I, yes, I put out a video today. Um, that basically reflects the contents of the story. So if you don't want to read, if you want to hear what Kevin Harvick, Brad Kozlowski, and uh, Kurt Busch have to say about the the facelift that the lady in black got in turn two, you can do that. So yeah, I'm taking Denny Hamlin to get his first one of the year. Um, and then, but also, I think we should at least note it that since last time we were recorded, 23, over the weekend anyway, 2311 Racing announced they will be expanding to a second car with Kurt Busch. And, and his comically car. large hat. 
Okay. <laughs> I can't take him serious. That, that the, the flat brim hat does no, not look good on him. Does it look good on anyone? People that ride four wheelers too much. <laughs> like if you have never, if you're not currently jumping a motorcycle into a foam pit, it looks terrible. And you should be wearing a, a, a helmet anyway if you're doing that. I've never, I've never seen anyone that looks good in a flat bill bat. Um, but uh, Kurt Busch does what he can with it. So, but yeah, he will be driving the number forty-five Toyota for twenty-three eleven racing next year, joining Bubba Wallace um, as his teammate. The twenty-three eleven hasn't announced where exactly they're getting the charter to field um, the number forty-five, but they said they're very confident that they will get one. And for the last month or so, the garage buzz is that. Um, they would mer- either buy or maybe merge with front row motorsports. So yeah, I, 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 I just hope that happens so bad. And I've already said this, but I just really, really want like, like, you know, the, the, the most, the fan favorite slash controversial driver, the, the, the one, all the kids love and the dad. <laughs> Is Kurt Busch like the the cool uncle? No, but he's the one the kids like. <laughs> wait, wait. Okay, wait. So what's Bubba in all this? He's the well loved but still but slightly controversial figure because you know. And Michael Dow's the dad. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you got the the guy showing up in like the stylish clothes. You got the guy showing up looking like he's about to jump his his stock car over the pit area and then you got the guy in jorts and polo shirt and a fanny pack yeah sorry sorry michael mcdowell you're you're definitely a fanny pack guy (laughs) not that there's anything wrong with that all right so it's a 10 race playoff crow who is your pick who okay who, who do you think's making the final four Larson, Hamlin. Uh, I mean, those are going to be the final two. No, there's not a final two. It's well, final you know what four. I mean? like, you know what I mean? Like, like those are going to be the the two. Um, man, I don't know. Other than that, I think it's kind of a, a toss up for the rest of them. Um, I'm yeah, Larson, um, Hamlin, uh, Laney, and I'm gonna take Kurt Bush. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put make Kurt Bush my wild card, um, to make, make the final four. Um, I'm okay, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, I, I, right. I can I can definitely see uh, him and his future teammate working together at at, um, at the at Talladega. <laughs> well, I, I think I mean Kurt Busch will be a threat at like Bristol. It, like if you if he gets to the second round, he'll be a huge threat at, at Bristol. That's one of his best tracks. Um, so all right, who is who's your champion for the year? It, I, it's going to be Larson or Hamlin. I, I, I really, really, really want it 
to be Larson at this point because I just feel like he's spent the entire season racing for it. And so I will go with Larson with the caveat that part of me deep down knows that it'll probably be Hamlin without a win. I would. Oh man, I can't even like. I want like I want someone to win it without winning a race. Like Ryan Newman almost did it the first year of this format, but Kevin Harvick won instead. Um, I like I'm pro elimination format, but I still I still want someone to break it. Like Mike Crafton did in the truck series a couple of years ago. <laughs> Just won the championship, never won a race the entire season. Um, for some reason in my head though, like I, I can just see the headline of frontstretch.com dropping the hammer. Why Tyler Reddick spinning, um, Denny Hamlin wasn't and knocking him out of the playoffs. Wasn't that bad. I don't know. By Daniel McFadden. Okay. I don't know why they would deal with that headline. I don't know. I, I just see, I, I could see something like that happening where it's like, someone in the playoffs and him get into it. And then he's just grumpy Denny Hamlin. Although I, you know what? I, I will say, um, Denny Hamlin had a very bad week. We won't go into it, but maybe yeah. that'll affect things. And he just will fade out early. I mean, it, like I'm picking him to make the final four, but it's, I think it's, I think it's going to be hard for him to make the final four. Like it, yeah. it's gonna be if he does it, it he will have earned it. Um, but it, it when you you don't have all those built up playoff points, like he only has fifteen. Um, that's mostly you know stage wins and all that. So, but okay, so that's why I, I um, I'm taking Ryan Blaney. You're you're taking Larson. I'm taking I'm taking ryan blaney uh to shock shock the world um and just take he will become the instantaneous top guy at um team penske so uh sorry johnny sorry johnny logano um <laughs> so but yeah i would be you okay it, with that you heard it here ryan blaney is make is going to win the 2021 nascar cup series playoffs so and he will Here's the really bold prediction. He will do it in a very boring way. <laughs> no like, burnouts. No, no, no. I mean, no, not, not, I'm talking about like how he wins. Like oh, yeah. he'll get to Homestead and he will finish like this. This will be the championship year where the person who wins the championship doesn't win the race. Because under this format, the winner of the race has won the championship each time since, since 2014. It, it, it's weird how it's happened um but i think ryan blaney wins the championship but he doesn't even finish in the top five at homestead That's the entire no the entire top um the entire top four wreck in the first corner <laughs> and then yeah. it's just a race to see who can keep their track their car on the track and get the most laps in um without being disqualified so it, like there's the six minute clock when it comes to repairing your cars from damage and it's like who can get the car out of the out of the pits first that that's yeah. it and that, they're just they're, they're just sending it out they're sending the cars out they're getting a couple laps pulling them back in doing a little work sending them back out just keeping it alive <laughs> winning 
the 2021 NASCAR championship with 25 laps. <laughs> yeah, it would be remarkable. So I'm taking Blaney. You're taking Larson? Yeah, I, I he's just so good. <laughs> Like it's like even when he's not hot, he's so good, and it would just be a shame if he didn't win at this point. Well, I mean, look, look what happened last year. Kevin Harvick won nine races and he didn't make the final four, so it's it it can happen. So, but anyway, all right, that's it for this episode of Dropping the Hammer with Dan McFadden. I'm Dan McFadden. Say, say goodbye, Crow. Goodbye, everyone. All right, and please make sure to subscribe to the channel uh, on your favorite, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Dan Follow me on Twitter at Dan McFadden, all one word. Follow Crow on Twitter at DTH Crow. And I think that's, I think that's it. So this has been... Dropping the hammer. Let's all have a great, great postseason. Take care.